I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we have a, a, a fantastic show set up for you guys today. We're going we're gonna to really dig deep into some really awesome topics and, uh, and have a little fun on the show today. Uh, we have a great guest joining us, Mr. Tom Palladino. Uh, Tom Palladino, uh, he's done some research work with Scalar Energy uh, during his undergraduate years and inspired by many scientists and uh with the, his inspiration, he's pursued a course of independent study in order to better understand and subsequently harness scalar energy. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, and what is scalar energy? Where does it come from? And and and, and what is Tom doing uh, to use scalar energy? Uh, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about how uh, scalar uh, energy uh, uh, impacts with COVID-19 uh, and how some of those things that are happening uh, in that space. So uh, guys, Welcome, Tom Palladino, to the show. Ryan, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Tom, yeah, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, so definitely thank you for joining the episode today. Uh, you know, I think before we get into this uh, discussion about scalar energy, scalar light, uh, you know, how, how, how all that works and operates, um, you know, I want to learn a little bit about who Tom Palladino is. Um, finding your frequency is all about, you know, the journey, that mission and, and people's why and how did they find their frequency. So let's open up with that question about how did you find your frequency in life and in business and end up doing what you're doing right now? Well, I, I love what I'm doing, Ryan. And what I'm doing is research. I'm working with what is known as scalar light, scalar energy. It's it's not electricity. It's, a it's if you will, a, a dimension outside of electromagnetic energy. I've devoted my career, my life, to trying to better understand this, this energy and to work with it. So this is, if you will, finding my frequency. This is what really drives me in life. It's my passion. It's it's my lifeblood to work with this divine energy. And um, you you call it divine energy. Um, and why is that? Well, from what I've observed, this this energy never fades. There is no entropy, so it's an eternal energy, and you only could have an eternal energy with a an eternal being. So I do believe that this energy, this light is the light of God. Again, it does not fade. There is no entropy. There's no die off with this energy. So it would take an eternal being to create an eternal energy. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I am uh, absolutely fascinated with, um, you know, things around space. Uh, even last night, my daughter and I were watching a series on Hulu called How the Universe Works, you know, and it uh, talks about, you know, how planets are formed and how black holes are created and, um, 
you know, just looking at that, and then um, I follow NASA quite quite frequently as well, and I really love to look at the photos from the Hubble telescope and some of the things that they're doing there, and you know, looking out into um, you know what I guess would be the past as it takes light so long to travel to get to um, the lens. So everything that we're capturing and looking at is something that has happened, you know, many right. many years ago. Um, so does scalar light emanate from the universe, from the galaxy, from what, what source? The, the, the sun and the stars produce this energy. So it's sunlight or starlight. So what I'm working with is really the, the natural energy of the universe, the initial energy of the universe, sunlight and starlight. Um, very plainly, um, scalar energy is the first energy of the stars and therefrom a derivative of scalar light is electricity or magnetism. So it is scalar energy that is starlight at its very quintessence. And therefrom, we have a derivative, which is electromagnetic energy. Oh, wonderful. So does um, the other forces in space like gravity and those types of things um, play any role in um, the ability for the scalar light to traverse the universe? I, I would say that... Um, um, just the reverse it is scalar energy that gives rise to gravity so what i'm getting at is light energy is really the first cause of all phenomenon including gravity so my statement is scalar energy is the cause of gravity gravity is the sequent of scalar light interesting interesting do you think scalar light was um eminent in the big bang or the big bang theory in the creation of who we are as human beings i i think yes i think um call it the big bang call it the creation of the universe in order to have a universe you have to have instructions and i would think um appropriately if if you would if you would look at the, the book of genesis be light made that's so uh, important because first you have to have instructions what is light there are instructions for the universe. So I believe with that statement, be light made, that was the first instructions for the universe. That is the creation of the universe. It starts with light. And therefrom, you can have what? A physical universe. universe. But uh, first and foremost, the cause is light. And in my estimation, it's scalar light that is the, the very instructions of the universe. So um, almost like the DNA of the universe, so to speak, right? Yes. Yes. Well spoken. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I love this stuff. Um, you know, the, and, and the universe is so expansive. So if stars carry scalar light, then there are um, scalar light sources or scalar energy sources emanating from every region of the universe on a constant basis. So it's everywhere all the time. Yes. Yes, that's the beauty of it, Ryan, and you hit the nail on the head. If we have an infinite number of stars, then we have an infinite supply of scalar energy, which is really scalar instructions. So when you really look at the universe and, and observe that fundament, you see that, that this all-pervasive light energy is really um, giving us a, a, a infinite instructions, infinite information. So this is why scalar light is so important. It really serves as the, the first cause of all creation. And that's why if people finally will resonate with my thinking that we can really move forward and make incredible advances in society with this 
technology, scalar light. It controls the universe. I, I will uh, step up to that uh, affirmation. Scalar light is the very cause of all activity in the universe. You know, this is uh, probably maybe a touchy subject matter for some people, but when you think about scalar light on a scale of, let's say, harnessing the energy in in some capacity, um, you know, I think about I think about us, right? The third rock from the sun. You know, we are uh, one planet in a solar system that's part of the galaxy of the Milky Way. That's only one galaxy in an infinite number of galaxies throughout the entire universe. And so for me specifically, I always thought in my head that, you know, there 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 can't just be us right as human beings on this particular rock. Right. I, I have to think with the just just doing math, simple math. Right. If there are billions of planets um, and or, or billions of, uh, of of solar systems and galaxies in this infinite universe, there has to be, you know, other other life forms out there. You know, when I when you think about, you know, like aliens or uh, space travel or spaceships. Right. Um, maybe some of those had more advanced uh, uh, entities out there that we are unaware of. Maybe they're using scalar energy to power the ability to traverse the cosmos. Uh, I'll say this about scalar energy. When you finally have an understanding of this energy, it, it transcends time and space. So um, there have been some uh, men that have uh, worked with scalar energy to overcome gravity. There are scalar energy anti-gravity instruments. And what has been found is that these instruments can travel about at an excessive uh, velocity, at a, at a high speed. And in so doing, while you're on this, uh, this anti-gravity uh, instrument, this machine, you're outside of time. So imagine that this energy will allow us to supersede, to transcend time and space. Now, that's going to be necessary if we're going to um, speak about traveling, mm -hmm. interplanetary travel, or yeah. to travel to distant galaxies. You cannot be subject to time and space. You must be outside of that dimension of time and space, and only scalar light can afford you that dimension. Yeah, I mean, and that talk, that take that makes total sense because you you even think about the idea of um, you know having a propulsion system that was created that has the ability to travel at the speed of light, right? Even traveling at the speed of light is not fast enough travel for human right. beings to get outside of you know um, you, you, you you could travel the speed of light and probably you know get within our solar system in in a, in, a, in an appropriate amount of time for a human being but to get outside of that solar system to go explore even the milky way galaxy in and of itself cuz knowing that you know some of these other planets that have been found in our own galaxy of the milky way galaxy are you know 30 40 light years away right and in order, in order to get there, you would have to be able to bend time and space in a matter of fact in order to be able to travel there in, an, in enough time that you, when you get there, you weren't like 100 years old, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I concur with that. And that's why the future of, of space travel is not with a rocket propulsion. It's with a scalar energy instrument in which you can find yourself into another dimension. Some people call that a wormhole 
or another dimension or an altered dimension, call it what you will, there are two physical dimensions. There are two physics books, so to speak. There's an electromagnetic physics books that we all appreciate. Electromagnetics is real. And then there's another science, scalar science, which presents another dimension. And that dimension allows us to access a stargate, a wormhole, call it what you will. And in so doing, you can travel at any at, to any distant star in a fraction of time. Wow. So that's basically op- operating on the quantum level, so to speak. Yes. Yes. The informational level. Thank you. So earlier in, in this discussion, I said that scalar energy are the instructions of the universe. Well, what is quantum energy? It's instructional energy. So that's what we're working with. We're working with non-physical energy. We're working with light and light in in and of itself is instructional. It's quantum. Mm. And so, you know, let's kind of put this into some, um, I think some, some terminology, some of the listeners can kind of understand. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really big into martial arts, right? Uh, my daughter, uh, my daughter does Matsu Bayashi Ryu Karate Do. Um, and I've been taking it with her. And then uh, before uh, my daughter doing karate, though, uh, I had been doing Kempo. And, you know, there are some words that are used in those spaces like chi or prana um, or, mm-hmm. or your ki or some of those things. Um, would those be explanations of how, um, you know, those those people who created these martial arts styles thousands of years ago? Is that how they're harnessing scalar energy? Yes, precisely. Well spoken, Brian. Well spoken. Yes, uh, prana, chi. Some people call it orgone energy or pyramid energy. All of those are that other type of energy, which is scalar light. So again, there's two energies in the universe: scalar light and electromagnetic light. Well, the term invoked today is scalar light, but uh, if if you will, many societies, many cultures have embraced chi prana which are identical those are synonymous terms now speaking about your experience with martial arts you're right many people that that have perfected the martial arts tap into that life force energy that divine energy it's not electricity i'll give you an example some people who have healing hands what what is the the uh, primary uh, motivation. What is the the animating force behind healing hands? It's chi or prana or scalar energy. So this is what we see with whether you're an innate healer or you have a great uh, prowess as an, a martial arts expert. You are capturing that energy, that instructional field, and you can do so much more with scalar energy as opposed to that of electricity. So, um, like Reiki would, would be one of the, uh, one of the things with, which is energy healing, right? Which are healing hands. Um, so Reiki would be, uh, a, a, a method of harnessing the scalar energy as well. Correct. Yes. Yes. Now you're right. And, and to speak to that point, many people, many health coaches, many healers today, whether they realize it or not, are tapping into that life force energy. And it's quite profound, again, what you, what you can do with this energy, scalar energy, far exceeds the capability of, of, 
electromagnetic energy. I will say this, that scalar energy, chi or prana, gives us direct control over nature, whereas electromagnetic energy only provides indirect control over nature. So if you really want to effectuate something, if you really want to bring something to fruition, use scalar energy. It provides you consummate control over nature. Well, so all of this sounds wonderful, but how does one person as a biological or organic being um, harness something that they can't see, they can't touch, right? Because I know when I, when I meditate, sure. when I meditate, um, something changes with me, right? I, uh, and, and meditation comes in many forms, you know, even, uh, even, even sometimes for me, my meditation just happens, um, in the driveway, in my car, after work, uh, in my truck. Um, and I just sit in the driveway and I close my eyes and I just, you know, I feel I exist. I, 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 I prepare for the moment that is now. Um, and that changes my ability to, um, you know, to think and process thoughts on a higher level, um, just by, you know, slowing down and remembering to, to be, Right. Uh, which is uh, in, in, in my idea, I'm I'm harnessing my chi. Um, you know, I do that quite often, too, when I'm practicing uh, in Tai Chi Chuan uh, and, and and leveraging those. And to me, it's a feeling, you know, it's something that I feel. It's not something I see, touch or, or, or that it's something I feel. Um, so how do how do people who who, who don't necessarily you know, do martial arts or any of those kind of things, how can they understand the concept of harnessing that for their own usage to help uh, uh, better their health, their um, surroundings, their relationships, all of those? Sure, to better their health. Well, you're doing in that on an uh, uh, instinctively, uh, Ryan. You're praying, you're meditating. Anytime we pray or meditate, that's that sets up a scalar wave, if you will. I firmly believe that our brain waves are, at their very fundament, scalar waves. So when we think, whether we're praying, meditating, when, whether we're creativity, or we're having an, um, uh, an emotion, all of those are scalar waves. They're informational waves, once again. And, and under that, uh, that group, subsumed under that group, would be prayer and meditation. So when we pray and meditate, we're really exercising our scalar light a capability that was our innate capability so everybody whether they realize it or not is a scalar energy expert everybody prays everybody meditates to some extent everybody thinks everybody has emotions so again the 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 animating force behind all of that action is scalar energy it's light everything has to start with an instruction so what are the instructions behind prayer meditation creativity it's energy, specifically scalar energy. So I want to uh, encourage the listening audience that, yes, prayer meditation can change the world. And these instructions, once again, scalar energy are instructions. When you pray and meditate, you are broadcasting those instructions far and wide that transcend time and space. That's why prayer and meditation is so important. It serves as the instructions for your life and the, and, and the, the world around you. And that, that's, that's us providing our, our instruction, right? Yes, yes, correct. Yes, exactly, precisely. Everybody is a master of scalar energy. I wish they would realize that. The world would be a better place. 
So you know, I, I have scalar energy instruments. You don't need a scalar energy instrument. Everybody has this innate ability um, by way of thinking, praying, and even your, your emotions. Once again, um, emotions are, are scalar energy waveforms. So that calls to mind our, our heart and our emotions. Uh, and I will further that by saying even our heartbeat is governed by scalar energy. I've often postured, what gives us this circadian rhythm? Why does our heartbeat? Well, it receives instructions, and those instructions are sunlight and starlight. So scalar energy is the very animating force of our heartbeat. Well, I guess, too, that's probably why vitamin D is so uh, very important to one's health and being out in the sun and 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 soaking up. I, I, I make a joke about this all the time. You know, um, I uh, we I live in Phoenix, so we get a lot of sun. <laughs> and, yes. you know, when I go outside and, you know, I'll 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 I'll, you know, put my arms out and just kind of feel the warmth of the sun. And, you know, I make a joke and, I, you know, because, uh, you know, the sun god of, of Egypt is Ra Amun Ra. And so I will I will I'll thank I'll thank Amon Ra for giving me my daily dose of vitamin D uh, so that way I can be a healthy individual. But there is something to say, like uh, I'll give you an example. You know, a lot of people, they do their form of meditation. I do my form of meditation. But for me also, um, if I want to reset my everything, I go to the lake. Right. And I spend time on the water, listening to the sounds. Um, I, I own a boat. And so I, I take the boat out, take the family out um, and soak in the sun. And for whatever reason, and I and I, I haven't obviously, maybe this is why, maybe you're going to answer this for me. But uh, when I do that, I feel like a better person. I feel like I'm healthier. It gives me, you know, an opportunity to step away from, you know, the the rigors of doing talk radio and managing talk radio and working with wonderful people. Um, it kind of is like the reset button, if so to speak. Yes, thank you. Well, well spoken. A lot of people find that in nature, as you do when you're when you're boating, and I can appreciate that. And when you're immersed in the sunlight and starlight, and again, this is the very, what would I want to say, the quintessence, the pure light of God, it's not electricity, then you, you see that your spirits are uplifted. Many people, um, after a, a prolonged period of prayer and meditation within this, if you will, this scalar light cocoon or this scalar light atmosphere, they feel a state of bliss, and rightfully so. So this is what we're leading to. We're seeing that this is conscious now, consciousness. We're entering into the quantum realm, the consciousness realm. And it's so important because it's, it's the, if you will, the locomotive that drives the train, so to speak. All along, mankind has been working and concentrating on the effect, which is this physical world. Look, look much more beyond that. Look at the cause behind the world which is, in this case, scalar light. Scalar light, the instructions of the universe, bring about the physical world. So I would much rather concentrate on the cause than upon the effect. And that's my point as a researcher. Once we realize that scalar energy is the very wheel work of nature, it's the very animating force of all uh, spiritual, uh, emotional, cognitive, physical action, then we will understand that scalar light is the tool to provide us mastery over nature. Oh, I love that. 
You know, I can't help but think, um, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson in his uh, his TV series called The Cosmos had uh, saying, uh, basically saying that all human beings are basically we're all made up of stardust um, yes. from all of those, you know, elements swirling throughout the universe, which collided to create Earth and gave way to the, the, the race of humans that we are all today. But, you know, essentially that makes us all, um, you know, we're all we're all beings of an, an unknown realm. We're all, um, you know, uh, sacred energy as human beings. And I think for the point of just for the simple fact that we all are made out of stardust and we come from the universe inherently, that is our connection that binds us with the earth, the earth with the solar system, the solar system with the galaxy, the galaxy with the universe. Yeah. Well, well spoken. So let's say we're on a, on a rocket ship, on a spaceship, and we're looking out into the expanse of the universe, the infinite expanse. And what do you see? You see dots, you see stars. That's it. People that, that is the very beginning of creation. It's starlight. It's sunlight. Well, then if we come back to to, uh, planet Earth and we see then the results of that sunlight and starlight. So it all begins somewhere. What am I saying to you? It all begins with sunlight, starlight. What is that sunlight, starlight? It's scalar light. Scalar light is the first cause of the entire universe. Wow. So it is... In an, in a nutshell, um, it's the bringer of life. I mean, couple yes. coupling scalar energy, starlight, and coupling that with this uh, good old thing like we like to call H two O. Those are the building blocks of life on any planet. Yes, yes. If if you look at the actual composition of a scalar wave, there are photographs of scalar waves. It's a double helix. Imagine two corkscrews side by side. It's a double helix. And it is the same ratio and proportion as our DNA. And I've always contended that a scalar wave, which is the same motif of DNA, a scalar wave is the cause of DNA. Well, if DNA is the life molecule, if, if we derive our, our, our physical being by way of a DNA molecule, then the cause of DNA is a scalar wave. And it make no mistake about this, the, the ratio and proportion, there is congruence. It's, it, it is exact, Ryan. So a scalar wave is the very fundament, is the cause of all DNA. So what am I saying? All life derives from the instructions of the universe and scalar light imparts those instructions upon all genetic forms. All genomes owe their existence and maintenance to scalar energy. I just looked up a scalar energy wave just so I could look at it. And my, these are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. If you guys are listening to this, go majestic. Yeah. A quick Google search of scalar, uh, scalar waves uh, and looking at the images will give you um, some, some, some really, really cool stuff. Um, What is this website? It's called uh, Radeon energy or something that has all these photos of scalar images. Um, and you're right. I mean, uh, a scalar wave looks up pretty close to DNA uh, when yeah. you look at it at that level. Uh, yes, wow. 
So Tom, let's shift gears just a little bit now that we've kind of explained it to everybody like what Scalar is and and where it comes from and why it's so important. Um, you know, I have a question. Uh, what other scientists have worked with this, um, you know, this type of energy uh, previous to the research that you're doing? Um, would somebody like Nikola Tesla have known about this and understood this? Yes. Tesla was the first man to actually harness scalar energy and, and cr to create instruments. He's really the pioneer of scalar um, energy. A lot of people don't realize Tesla began his career with AC electricity, but he... Um, after that, uh, he really no longer saw the, the merit of electricity. The latter part of his life was devoted almost exclusively to scalar energy because he saw how much superior scalar energy was to that of electricity. Um, so he is the first, uh, the, the pioneer. And we, in many ways, I've, I've uh, learned a great deal of Tesla's scalar energy research, and I've incorporated that in my uh, wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah, you know, um, I, I watch a TV show um, called Ancient Aliens, right? It's absolutely fascinating. And when you think about, um, you know, civilizations previous to our current civilization, I, 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 I've always thought this, that um, there, I feel like that there was a civilization previous to our current civilization that already knew all this stuff. And I feel like the Egyptians, right? You look at their carvings, you look at the pyramids and, you know, maybe those pyramids were designed to, to harness scalar energy. Um, there, there are many cultures that have appreciated scalar energy, chi, prana, um, what, what some people call raw, etc. And if you will, let's say 2000 years ago, prior to the advent of AC, electrical current uh, and its application, people still looked at the sun as being the life giver. And it, it indeed is, and we should still attend to that matter today. But we look at these cultures in the past and they realized there was something sacred, something incredible about the sun, about the stars. I firmly am convinced that since scalar energy drives the sun and the stars, that that these stars, even though they, they have a life cycle, stars never die. They always are able to broadcast, to some extent, scalar energy. So it, again, is this eternal life force. And even the ancients realized that an eternal life force, an eternal energy, really speaks of an eternal God. That's very important in many cultures. So how would you... Um, if you, you look at, if you look at, uh, pictures of, uh, galactic energy, right. Which I think is amazing. And then you also apply the idea of the yin and the yang, right. Um, for galactic and you have, you know, the upper part of your body as your yang and the lower part of your body as your yin. And then your around your belly button would be what they call your dentin, um, that in and of itself is an absorption mechanism for scalar energy that yes. comes from, uh, you know, other areas that are seen in space with colliding stars, um, where two colliding stars have a yin, a yang, and the dantian in the middle. Um, if two stars yes. collide, does that make it a massive wave of so of 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 this of this scalar energy? Yes, yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. 
And I'll go on record by saying, if you go to any center of a star, the very center of any star, you'll find nothing but 100% scalar energy, scalar light. And this is why we still don't understand stellar activity. It's not a thermonuclear reaction that produces a star. To the contrary, all stars are driven by, animated by, scalar energy. Now, after this star produces this scalar energy, and it, it escapes that closed environment, then it will um, eventually convert into electricity and magnetism. So if you can picture this, there's really two domains in a star. The very center of a star is 100% scalar energy. And as that scalar energy leaves the center of the star, then it will convert into electromagnetic energy. And therefrom, you have a, a great deal of fire and heat and, and um a, a great deal of uh, what I would consider breaking down of the scalar wave. But I, I've always tended to this thought. Stars are nothing but scalar energy instruments. There is 100% scalar energy at the center of every star. They're like scalar generators. Yes, precisely, <laughs> precisely. And this is why, again, per se, the stars exhibit this incredible behavior. And you know they don't burn out. Well, if you will, Ryan, what what instrument does not burn out, so to speak? What instrument does not experience entropy? If if you have a car, you know you might get 300, 400, 500 miles per gallon. Why is it that all the stars um, can continuously give off light? Why is it that they per se don't burn out? Yes, they do have life cycles. I I, I realize that, but what drives these stars? What is the power? It has to be an infinite source of power, a source of power that is never ending, that does not experience entropy. And it's always been my contention that stars are scalar energy and composition. Well, and I think to your point too, just um, physics will come into play at this particular juncture, right? Because um, we have seen an exploding star, which would be the death of a star, but the byproduct of the death of the star is the dispersion of that energy throughout the universe. And in some cases, um, the explosion of the star is just another mechanism of creation. Yes, yes, it is. And, and I'm going to add to that. Many people have observed quasars and, and quasars really are, are, are quizzical to many physicists. They don't quite understand the mechanism behind a quasar. Well, it's very simple. A quasar is a scalar energy entity, and it does scalar energy does not observe the same rules and properties as that of electromagnetic energy. So finally, we have a, a firmer understanding of the universe. When we speak of quasars and, and stellar activity, you cannot understand a star or a quasar simply by way of electromagnetic theory. You have to include scalar energy theory to have a firmer understanding and a complete understanding of the stars and quasars. Well, and that's probably where quantum physics would come into play um, to try to understand, you know, the, the inner workings of that energy, because um, that quantum location is quite different than your um, standard, like periodic table of elements and, um, and, and standard thinking around physics, right? Yes, exactly. And I'll speak to that point. This is why when we see, um, by way of um, stellar um, 
um, observation. <clears throat> Helium and, and hydrogen are, are produced initially by what our stars. If we look at the uh, a spectral analysis of a star, we see those uh, simple elements. Well, those are simply the first elements that are created by by scalar activity. So if our sun is a scalar energy instrument, so to speak, then the first elements that it's going to produce are hydrogen and helium. So hydrogen and helium are not fundamental. Scalar light is fundamental. What the stars are doing, they're starting to produce the elements. And the first elements that stars produce are hydrogen and helium. That's why they're in abundance in our stars. And therefrom, um, as we travel further from the stars, we see the other elements take shape. And, and in this world, we have obviously an abundance of, of, of over 100 elements. So again, just to inculcate this matter, it is the sun, it is the stars that create. It's scalar energy that is the creative force of the universe. And we could see that. It's, it's rather obvious that the initial elements of the periodic table that are created are created inside um, the sun, hydrogen and helium. And, and that gives us an indication that at least the beginning of the periodic table starts in the near vicinity of a sun, of the star. And again, with these instructions emanating from the stars throughout the universe, then we see other elements come into, into creation, come into formation. I will go on record by saying scalar light is the very cause of all elements of the periodic table. So the quantum realm uses scalar energy to create what is the periodic table of elements that we know now. Yes, yes exactly. And once again, going back to our thought that we have to concentrate on the cause, which is light, to give us the result, which are what? The periodic table, the elements, the physical world. So it is scalar light, the non-physical light, that provides instructions to create the elements. So if that is the case, then where did scalar light come from? Where did, where did it get its beginning? It's from God. It's, that's the only explanation. If you have an energy that is all pervasive, that transcends time and space, that cannot experience entropy. By entropy, I mean there's no weakness of signal. The signal cannot experience any diminution. There, there's no way that a scalar wave can ever break down, so to speak. Well, that really speaks to God. That really speaks to the character of God. That is an eternal energy, an energy that will always exist, an energy that's capable of carrying an infinite number of instructions, an energy that will always be with us, an energy that is found in every star of the universe, an energy that, that is everywhere at any time transcends time and space. It really is the God energy. Only God could create such an animating force. Well, thank you for that. Let's uh, let's talk about maybe some practical uses of scalar energy. I think would probably be a great place for us to to go to. We got, you know, about uh, uh, twenty minutes or so, fifteen minutes left of our interview, and you know, I want to talk about some of those practical uses, right? I mean, we have an energy crisis in the in in the world. I mean, we are 
uh, we are shackled to shale to shale oil and coal and you know uh, electricity right those are our uh, those are our things and so to combat that we've created you know nuclear power plants that as you saw with Fukushima, right? I mean, a detrimental to the environment. If something goes wrong with, you know, the way that we're currently generating electricity. So can you explain how scalar energy could be utilized um, to, you know, get us away from fossil fuels and electricity and, you know, having to create electricity by way of nuclear fission, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, our, our great predecessor, uh, Nikola Tesla, was working on that. He developed a, a tower, a scalar energy tower in Long Island, New York. And his design was simply to capture the radiant energy, what he called radiant energy, which was the all-pervasive energy, scalar energy of the universe. And in so doing, what's really salient is this. You do not have to create a power plant. The power plant already exists. So in the future, the power plant are the stars of the universe. And Tessa saw that construct. Tessa wanted to access the, the power plants of the universe, the stars, simply harness scalar energy, which is, again, super abundant, and then redirect that energy by way of this tower in Long Island, New York. <clears throat> well, the, uh, the, the money power of that day prevented him from doing so. But <clears throat> I would like to, in, in some way, uh, uh, repeat Tessa's experiment and, and to bring to mankind this free energy, star energy, sun energy. And in so doing, again, we will not have to drill for oil. You'll not have to dig for coal. Instead, the, the super abundant source of energy are the stars. All you have to do is access star energy and you could power the world. Well, would that would that convert into electricity, right? To to be able to to run cars and lights and computers and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, we could convert it into electricity, but I I would say with one fell swoop, we should even abandon um, that type of mechanism. I think we should go to all scalar energy instruments because there's no entropy, there's no friction with scalar energy. So let's overcome all of these obstacles all at once. You know, why why do cell phones drop signals? because electromagnetic energy can be interfered with. If our cell phones were powered by scalar, there would never be a drop signal. R remember, there's no entropy, there's no loss of signal in a scalar environment. So if we had scalar energy cell phones, we would never lose a signal. The transmission would be perfect, would be lucid, and you would have essentially a, a very inexpensive uh, more uh, uh, mode of uh, transmission scalar energy is relatively inexpensive as compared to uh, radio waves and electromagnetic energy etc well and you'd never have to charge your phone right thank you <laughs> well 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 spoken you know what why in other words uh, this is why i've never really wanted to study uh, ac electricity although i have a profound respect for it um, scalar energy far, far exceeds the, the capability of AC electricity. So um, I, I've devoted my career to scalar energy, not to AC electricity. 
Yeah, and I saw some pictures on your website too, where you have, uh, uh, you know, you and your dog Maverick are illuminating fluorescent tubes and bulbs in the scalar energy environment, right? So um, you're able to use a standard filament light bulb um, and power that without it even touching a receptacle. Yes, you're right. So <clears throat> to, to describe that in action, I can take a fluorescent light bulb and within the vicinity of my scalar energy instrument, there's a great deal of scalar energy. And it's the scalar energy that will illuminate the light bulb. It will excite the, the gas inside a fluorescent tube. So that's, if you will, just a crude experiment to show that a scalar energy instrument can, can fill an environment. And in so doing, when I place um, a fluorescent tube next to that, it will illuminate under the influence of scalar energy. Something that's designed to work based off of electricity and scalar energy powers that also. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, 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 that, that's, you're blowing my mind, Tom. <laughs> well, it, it's, again, it's this all pervasive, this incredible instructive energy, these infinite instructions from scalar energy. I'll, I'll give you, for instance, if you look at snowflakes, Ryan, every snowflake is unique. It, there have never been a report where two snowflakes are identical. So if you look at the trillions upon trillions of snowflakes in the world, you have to say, what imparts that geometry? Why is it that trillions upon trillions of snowflakes are unique, that there are no two snowflakes that, that are the same, that are identical? Because as water droplets fall, it is scalar energy, starlight, sunlight, that imparts geometry, that imparts these instructions upon a snowflake. And that's why every snowflake is unique. Now, if you have trillions upon trillions of snowflakes that are unique, that calls to mind that you have trillions upon trillions of instructions from the sun and the stars that are imparting a unique geometry, a unique definition to all snowflakes. So that's the, that's the cause and effect. Just with a snowflake, you could study snowflakes for the rest of your lives and you would <laughs> see the wonderment of scalar energy that a snowflake receives its instructions from scalar energy. Wow. Wow. So, you know, let's, let's talk about today, right? Uh, we're recording this on the uh, 18th of March. Um, I live in Phoenix and my daughter's school is closed. Um, we can't go to, we can't go to a restaurant, sit down and have dinner. Uh, they closed down all the bars. Several stores have mandated a 10 person at a time, uh, you know, go only allowing 10 people into the, the grocery store at a time. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a really weird time. Um, I grew up in the 80s, Tom, and I don't I don't ever remember a time in my lifetime um, where things were on lockdown, like we're dealing with um, because of the covid-19 or coronavirus Um what about you? Have you have you ever experienced anything like we're experiencing? No, nothing, nothing. I remember as a kid when gasoline was being rationed and that served to dampen our lifestyle, but there's nothing has ever uh, approached this magnitude. So two things, and we'll, we'll talk about them both. Um, you know, um, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but the magnitude of what's happening in across the globe right now, it really makes me feel like that um, there's something else going on in the background that's not necessarily even about COVID-19, right? Um, so I'm not, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm also not, 
I'm not a stupid person. Um, and I always understand the, you know, hey, let's do something flashy over here and then we can get something done uh, behind the back over here. Uh, and I kind of feel like that that's going on, you know, maybe an economic power grab, you know, something like that. C- can you can you speak in, uh, on your thoughts just on that? And then we'll 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 talk about scalar energy in the comparison with COVID-19. Sure. Well, let's look at the world situation today where we are at a pandemic um, situation with COVID-19 and there are machinations. And it's a shame that that such a, a, a dire straits that we're in right now would would have to um, lead to um, politicking uh, behind the scenes. And I, I am saying that it, it is apparent that there are powers that be that are capitalizing on this chaos. Well, shame on them. You know, my as a humanitarian, my emphasis is to help mankind in times of chaos, and and not to uh, not to subjugate mankind in a time like this. So those of you who resonate with that thought work with me. Scalar technology can overcome many of our problems, many of our ills, if you will. But we need to bring this new technology to the fore. It, we've, we've got to get to the point where the world is going to embrace the technology so that we can overcome these difficulties. So you'll see what we can do with this energy, and I think you'll appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate those words. Um, yeah, it's just... You know, for me and my family, um, this whole thing has just caused an undue, an, an unnecessary amount of, uh, you know, anxiety uh, around our house. My wife told me today when I came to work, she goes, Ryan, I want you to go to work, get your work done and come back home as quickly uh, as possible, please. Sure, you know, sure. and I go, hey, I understand that. I said, you know, I got, I'm going to do my thing and then I'll come home. Uh, I think a lot of families are feeling that right now. Um, and so I just I just wanted to speak to the, the humanity of what we're dealing with, because, you know, um, I, I'm a humanist. I love I love humanity. I mean, I'm part of humanity. We are all one, you know, uh, one race on this planet, uh, race of human beings. And, you know, um, I want all of our fellow human beings to be able to le- live a life of sustained happiness and, you know, not have to live paycheck to paycheck or worry about how they're going to, you know, get to work the next day because you know they don't have any money for gas and all that kind of stuff and i just feel like um you know maybe if more stuff was done on the scalar energy level a lot of these things for us would be uh completely mitigated uh and and it wouldn't be a worry like life would be so much less of a hassle it would be less stressful um yes you're right you're right ryan and remember what i said scalar energy allows us to have consummate consummate control over nature and with that said if we can develop these scalar energy instruments then we can overcome the energy crisis we can overcome pathogenic disease we can overcome what i would consider a a a a telecommunication system that has its drawbacks scalar energy is the energy of the future and once we embrace that and really inculcate that concept then we will we're going to take off like a society and we and we should have uh, embraced this a long time ago but again the powers that be are preventing this technology from coming to the fore well yeah i mean you you can only imagine that if you have um you know, giant corporations that make their billions of dollars off of gasoline, electricity, coal, uh, you know, uh, oil, all of those types of things. All of those industries would essentially be defunct. 
um, because yeah. of scalar yeah. energy. And so, of course, they're going to be fighting because uh, they're all about the almighty dollar and not necessarily the betterment of the mankind uh, aspect of what scalar energy, I think, can bring to the table. So. Um, yep. that's why, I, and you know what, right. Tom, that's why I wanted to do this interview with you because, um, I wanted to do my part to get the word out and do my part with our audience and educate them in scalar light and scalar energy and its multitude. And, you know, I, I also want you to speak to this too, because I know that, um, uh, on, March 9th, you sent me an email uh, and you said below is our first testimony of a woman that was cured of coronavirus via the scalar light pathogenic cleanse. And you affirm that scalar light is able to break apart the COVID-19 coronavirus. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, keep in mind that scalar energy is the instructions of the universe. So everything has these imparted instructions. So a, a scalar wave will impart instructions upon a virus. So a, a virus or any type of pathogen, any life form has this embodied scalar instructions. Well, I've developed scalar energy instruments that can negate the molecular bonds that can, if you will, break down the molecular bonds, the molecular instructions that hold together germs. So if we can break apart and these, these molecular bonds that hold together the COVID-19 virus, what happens is the COVID-19 virus will be brought to a state of chaos. It falls apart. It disintegrates. And this is what I've experienced with viruses such as the herpes virus. We can break down the molecular bonds of the herpes virus and it, it, it is shattered. It's fragmented into smaller pieces. Well, I contend we could do the same thing with the COVID-19 virus Scalar energy will negate the molecular bonds of the COVID-19 virus. And what happens? Well, the virus is, is ceases to exist. It's been reduced to smaller fragments. Now, obviously, this is topical. The, the world is facing a pandemic right now. Um, I have been working with people. I have administered scalar light to a number of people who had the COVID virus, and they've returned to health. <clears throat> Many of them are enjoying <clears throat> sound health today. So it's always been my contention that scalar light holds together matter, including viruses, and my instruments can um, break down that molecular bond, if you will, and we can accordingly break down a virus, and hence you're no longer going to be subject to that viral infection. That is amazing. We just need to create some scalar, uh, uh, scalar energy lasers, right, that we can just use to uh, target that and knock it out, right? Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. So... I, I will go on record by saying a scalar energy instrument can indeed break down the molecular bonds of a virus, even the COVID-19 virus. Now, if we would have followed Nikola Tesla's lead over 100 years ago, many of these problems could have been overcome today. But we're, we're still now perplexed with these pathogenic diseases and, and the difficulties that we're having with so many, um, so many problems that could have been addressed in a very consummate fashion, had we embraced this technology. So what does a scalar light cleanse, um, what, what, just as we close out the show, um, what does the scalar light cleanse do? Like what, is the, what does the uh, instrument look like? Um, it's, a, it's an instrument that I've created. It's, it's taken me a lifetime uh, to work with this energy and to understand how to use it. It's, 
if if I were to um, place this on a table, um, it, it would stretch out, say, over eight feet in length. It's rather um, it's rather involved. It has a great deal of circuitry and has a vacuum tube, etc. And the the upshot of using these instruments is we can control germs, we can control microorganisms. So with these instruments, I'm able to break down the molecular structure of a virus, a bacterium, a fungus. And in so doing, um, people return to health because they're no longer infected. We, we break down a virus, the virus ceases to exist. We break down a bacterium, the bacterium ceases to exist. If you eradicate these microorganisms, these microbes from the body, then you're no longer infected. Yeah. And that's that's the key behind this. It's it's a fundamental control over a microorganism to the point we can break apart, we can destroy a microorganism, and it no longer exists. Tom Palladino, thank you so much for joining Finding Your Frequency. What a great discussion that we had today, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, I would urge all of the listeners to go check out uh, Tom's website at scalarlight.com. Tom, are you on social media? What are the other ways people can get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, Facebook is is Scalar Light Tom Palladino. uh, just check out our work. Visit our website, scalarlight.com, and you'll have a greater understanding of, of what we can do, what we've accomplished in the past. And and again, if this resonates with you, um, um, we have a free uh, session. We offer free sessions on our website. Visit it, scalarlight.com, and you'll learn more about that there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Palladino, thank you so much for being on the show. If you guys are listening on your favorite podcasting device, please make sure you like and share the show. Give it five stars because we absolutely deserve it because five stars are better than four. Uh, Again, thank you, Tom Palladino, for being on the show. Make sure you follow us on our website, findingyourfrequency.net, and, of course, our Facebook page, Finding Your Frequency. Uh, You can follow my Twitter, at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2, and, of course, the network, at Voice America TRN. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this special episode of Finding Your Frequency, and uh, make sure you stay tuned to this channel as we're bringing you more and awesome content right here from the Voice America Talk Radio Network.